<laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. Hello and welcome everyone to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. Joining me to talk about football, Wolves and everything in between, I've got Jafo. Evening. I've got Adam. You alright? And we've got a special guest joining us tonight. Um, it's none other than Alex Lowe. Um, I was going to say... Who? Who's that? You're asking. <laughs> um, for, for anyone who doesn't know the name of the actor, um, you might be familiar with, I guess, the mo- most notable character uh, known for is Clinton Baptiste from Phoenix Knights. Yeah, hello. Nice to be here. I was going to say, um, first of all, I was going to say, because no doubt over the course of the next hour, we'll kind of pick and, um, and ask a few questions about your career and stuff like that. Specifically on Wolves, um, and in general, a couple of questions we like to ask all people who come on for the first time. Yeah. So it's two, two, two main questions I've got to ask. One, who's your favourite Wolves player ever, apart from Steve Wall? Because most, are, I appreciate it. Lots <laughs> of people. So apart from Bully, who, who's your favourite player? Uh, a few controversial. Uh, controversially, I, this, I know he's not the most glamorous, but I do like someone who really tries hard. You know, I, I think the fans like that. You know, someone who you can see absolutely giving it all. And I, he wasn't the most skillful. Stephen Hunt is okay. probably one of my favourites. Oh. Also for that goal he scored against Blackburn, yes. uh, which yes. was just great. And, I mean, what I've noticed, when, when if you see Stephen Hunt now, he's completely white-haired, isn't he? You know, it wasn't that long ago he was playing. And I imagine that's what it does oh, to you, man. you know, if you're... You know, maybe you can keep your your black hair whilst you're still playing and you're enjoying yourself. But finally, when the time comes to let yourself go, you can just. Or maybe it was Grecian two thousand. I don't know. Maybe he's just, uh, you know, let his hair go grey. But I loved. I love a trier. You know. Yes. No, I, I completely agree with you. It, an idea I had for a show that will probably never happen. It's like your most stereotypical Wolves eleven. So not the best eleven or the most yeah, yeah. Wolves players, but who are like what you define as like a stereotypical Wolves player. And Stephen yeah. Hunt kind of was that in a way, just to absolutely yeah. work your bollocks off winger. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, all he wanted to do was get a ball and run as fast as he could, as That's hard it. as he could. I, and I, 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 I really like that. Jack Price as well was a bit yes, like him, wasn't he? Yes. A fr- yeah. friend of the fan cast, I think we could say. Do you reckon? Oh, okay. Oh, well done, Jack. Love I was going to say, we, um, uh, we, by the fact I say we've interviewed him twice and he right. follows us on Twitter. So I think that classes us I, as... I mean, the other other thing you always hear from, um, I don't know, where do you hear it? In the programme, where you hear it roundabout or on Twitter or whatever, is about Dave Edwards, never the fans' favourite. The amount of goals he got us. Yeah. And, you know, just because he's kind of a nice... I know I've seen him advertising his testimonial on here or whatever it is. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to be careful what I say. But just because he's a nice bloke and he's not a kind of Diego Costa-style, you know... I've got to be very careful. Don't want to libel him. But, you know, <laughs> brute, brutal kind of guy. Doesn't mean that he wasn't, you know, hugely, hugely beneficial for Wolves. 
No, exactly. Completely agree. Um, my other question, and this is probably, I guess, a bit more as a bit more of a divisive one, is tomato ketchup. Do you keep it in the fridge or in the cupboard? Great question. Brilliant question. <laughs> Thank I'm afraid <laughs> I, do, I do keep it in the fridge. Uh, I don't necessarily like it extra cold, but it's only question because my our kitchen is so kind of cluttered all the time. I've got to you know put it somewhere. So uh, there's not. It's literally, I often think about my house. There's not one square inch which is not covered with some crap, some bills or a newspaper or something. So I think if I see it out, it would always go in the fridge. Yeah. Uh- See, I've been. Re- I nearly thought then for a second, Alex, you, you're going to say there's there's not one square inch in my house that's not covered by red sauce. <laughs> so I thought, what you were going for? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's it's such a bloody mess, my house. Honestly, it's uh, it's, it's embarrassing. My wife just had a friend over just now, and I thought, oh my god, and she said that she had some friends over not long ago, which really upset me. This actually, sorry about this. It's nothing to do with football, but. Um, and my wife she had kind of cooked some food, and this is typical of us. She came in and caught one of her friends kind of wincing at the other one about our crockery, and saying like it's shit. You know, we got load of tat, and and I sometimes look at our our cutlery and stuff and think, where did that come from? I mean, it's like sort of, you know, junior school, you know, set of implements. We don't, we're just not interested. We're not sufficiently interested. We haven't got a bathroom mirror because we had the bathroom done and couldn't be bothered to get round to getting some sort of bathroom cabinet. The whole house, this is interesting for everyone, isn't it? Anyway, all I'm saying, I live in a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, don't worry about it not being about, um, about football. Uh, big shout out to everyone who's tuned in live on YouTube, of course. Um, <laughs> They've just multiple, tuned out. Yeah. Mu- oh, no. Multiple people are just giving me their answers of their fridge or cupboard, which is fantastic. Great. So, uh, um, yeah, shout out to Ethan and Matt, who are Team Fridge. Um, and also, big shout out to Martin, who I think listens every week. He said, sod for football this week. Um, whether that's <laughs> yeah. because of, yeah. of the game or because if of the game. Pl- if you vote for sod. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's usually other reasons why we don't need to talk about the game um yeah. and it's a real shame isn't it because we it felt like we turned this massive corner um in under lopetegi and whether it was today's result well yesterday's result even all yeah. kind of some of the results that happened yesterday with like you know the likes of southampton everton winning forest getting a point it all of a sudden seems like the perspective slightly changed around Wolves, which is a bit of a shame. But we will talk about the game briefly because it did happen and I fancy a little bit of a moan occasionally. Um, starting lineups. Now, I'm still on the fence because hindsight's a wonderful thing. But, Pricey, would you have loved to have seen Gomez start, especially after the last minute win against Southampton? Um, tough one, isn't it? Because they've they've openly said he's he's going through a bit of a bedding process, which I get, I fully, completely understand. You know, new country, new style of football, yada yada yada. But um, after that impact last week, um, he would have definitely been up for a shout to get a starting position. And I think, to be honest, like you say, the fans, the fans really want to see him. Um. Because we seem to have this thing at the minute where Moutinho is the most advanced of, of those three, and I'm 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 not I'm not sure if that's the right you know right 
way for us to be playing at the minute. Um, I mean, I would prefer... I mean, uh, Gomez is the pit bull, isn't he? So he's not going to particularly play that position either. But I think there's definitely a shout for him to, to be in the starting eleven, And then, um, you know, we can already see straight away. He loves a yellow card when he came on. Didn't take him long, did it? To get to get one of them yellow cards in the bank straight away, um, but yeah, I mean, after the two good games that that we had against Liverpool and Saints, I guess you, you couldn't argue for too much change. But I don't know what you guys think. But Lopetegui seems to have like a bit of a horses for courses approach. Sometimes you can like twink, twinkle, tinkle, <laughs> tinker with the team just a little bit as each game comes. Um, hence why Akadama got a start as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't that surprised wearing the lineup. To be honest, I was I was quite happy with with what we got. So to be honest, I, mean, I didn't really have that that much of a moan. But there's plenty more to moan that, of course. But I didn't have much to moan about for the starting lineup. Yeah, I think I wouldn't necessarily call it a moan because we, we'll talk about Wolves, I guess, striker situation, the fact that they've managed to not score in nearly a year later on, but. Alex, I'm curious to see what you think. Um, I guess more as a football slash rule in general. Now, with that front three, there's no real kind of out-and-out number nine. Mm. How does that sit with you? Are you, a, I guess, a bit of a traditionalist like me that you like a, a centre point? I, I really do, yeah. I really do. And I, from what I gather, that I've got um, my godson's brother is just uh, signed for Tottenham. He's like their most expensive under-18, Will Lankshire who's just had an operation. But anyway, he turned, He is a very dear family friend. I've seen him since he's a little lad. And from what I gather, there is a slightly more of a move in English football for that out-and-out striker, you know, target man sort of thing. And I would like to see that. And it would look on paper like we might have that. Costa, Jimenez, etc. But I don't know why that's not happening. Partly due to the service of uh, Traore, who... I mean, according to my lad, I, I missed the game yesterday because I had to go and do a gig in Blackpool. Um, lucky me. But um, my son, Aidan, who was there, um, said that Traore wasn't too bad, actually. But, I mean, when I was listening on the radio, it was all about Traore, you know, battling, doing his bustling runs, knocking everyone out of the way and having no end products. But my lad disagreed. I think, you know, if they had a bit more service, then one of those guys might score. But, yeah, I would like to see an out-and-out scoring uh, number nine, which is what we used to have in Jimenez before he smashed his head, of course. But yeah. I mean, it's amazing none of those lot can score. I mean, I, you'll get me onto my pet hate, and I know this is going to divide everyone. Costa, Diego Costa, should be doing that in some way. I suppose he can only, as I say, he can only do, you know, what what he's able to with the service he gets. But he looks like. He's, I mean, one of the criticisms was that Bournemouth just looked more hungry than Wolves and wanted it more. And um, he, of course, he's desperate to score, but he doesn't. I just think he's taking the paycheck. I think he he's, can't believe that someone at his time of life and his career wants to pay him money. And that was evident in the fact against Chelsea going around waving to the fans like it's, you know, the the coronation or something, you know, in a big gold coach. It's like, no, mate, you're playing for us. Do something for us. So that's quite a quite a lot to, to say about the subject. But yeah, I I just would like to see one of those guys score. And yes, 
I, I, I would, it would look like on paper we've got those guys who can score. I mean, I, I remember joking, I think after you played about six games for Wolves, saying yeah. Grant Hall played five games for Wolves. And yeah, don't, don't get me wrong, the two players had somewhat different careers and stuff yeah. like that. But I don't know. You, he, he came in to just stem the tide, wasn't it, until we had a fit strike post World Cup-ish, wasn't it? I think because of yeah. Sasha Kladnich getting injured. And I, I get it. And he was last resort. Otherwise, we wouldn't have signed him. Yeah. But we st- he's, he, he needs to do more than what he was doing. And a yeah. half-decent show against Southampton. A- apart from that, mm. I, I don't quite know what he's kind of brought to the table, apart from getting a stupid sending off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that was no surprise, is it? I mean, that was always the danger with him as well, wasn't it? I remember I've said it before more than one occasion on this on this podcast. Everyone had their skirts blown up by the fact that you know he's a quote unquote shit house and, and loves to get uh, get booked. And yeah. I was reminded that he, he never got sent off in the Premier League. But obviously, what happens when he joins us? He goes and headbutts someone against Brentford. And yeah. gets a three match ban. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had it described to me that Costa is. On holiday in Wolverhampton. Now I don't know how he's enjoying his holiday in Wolverhampton. And if you can holiday in Wolverhampton, but he currently <laughs> is, and in the, I think he's determined to make the best of it as much as he can. But I mean, look, I mean, it, it is with Costa. It is what it is. We, we were desperate. He was available. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think he'll. I, he probably won't go the season and get a goal. To be honest, I, I mean, that's I, it's, that's not really anything like a bit of an outlandish. Um, opinion no. because we're over halfway through the season now and he, he, he hasn't really come close. Let's be honest. Hmm. I mean, he hasn't, it, he hasn't come close. It says something. Is Podance is still our top scorer? Is that right? Yes. I think yeah, it's it's five goals in 22 appearances, top of my head. Yeah. I mean, he's I've another got the, um I've, I've got the stats in front of me here, actually. Oh, oh um, bring him out. Bring him out, Pricey. So, I mean, this is pretty nightmarish reading. For a Sunday night prior to bedtime, but um, so these are league appearance, league appearances and goals only. But I went to the appearances, but Pedence is top scorer with five, as you mm. rightly said. And then after that is a Dharma with one, and then literally <laughs> everyone else about forward line after that is on zero goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, we, 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 we give so a bit of grace to people like Sarabia and Cunha because they're nearing through the door. Um, but yeah, everyone else a big fat zilch. Well, I guess the, there lies um, the problem. Yeah, I'm, I think the big stat doing the rounds in the last 24 hours following the game is uh, Bulls strikers have managed to go 346 days, I believe it is now, without scoring a goal. The last time um, a Wolves striker scored in the Premier League was against Watford on the 10th of March, um, which I think was Raul Jimenez, and I think it's the fourth, no, the third, maybe the third goal. Um, where he sort of um, knocked it over Foster. Mm. I mean, it, it, it it's somewhat indicative. But it, it, you want to say that stat, and then you look at the league table and you go, "Yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that clicks." Um, mm-hmm. However, yesterday though, don't get me wrong, I don't. Balls weren't at the Ray game, and despite the fact Bournemouth, I believe, have won this calendar year so far in the league, they've barely won an away game. This uh, this season, I don't think they've won one from. I believe it's about September, October. Really did look up for it in large in large spells, but 
we still created an awful lot, didn't we, Jafo, in terms of just sheer number of chances, but it was a very much the same old story in front of goal. Yeah, I mean, it was it's one of those when I think we're suffering from kind of, okay, we, we were getting half chances yesterday, but like we say, we haven't really been in a, a very attacking team up until probably lately. So it's probably our decision making in the final third, and with that like last ball or that you know the shot taking the shot from the right position, hasn't been the correct decision, or it's, it's you know it's been rushed, um, and that's that's what I I've seen with it is that we've kind of have been taking the the wrong decision. Um, I mean, if you look at the spread of the, if you're watching on YouTube, I mean, you can see it. Um, if you see the spread of where the shots are all coming from, there's not much there within the width of the goal. Everything's either coming from outside the post or outside the box, so we're not really putting ourselves in a position where we, you know, we're targeting the goalkeeper. And to have well a one point one six xg um, from fifteen shots is pretty poor, considering the position that we found ourselves probably in the first thirty minutes of that game. Do you know what we well, felt like a little bit of an old. Um championship game in some regards where like we just kept knocking on the door and just didn't quite click at any real point to sp- mm. oh no that pretty much it, most of the other games in the Lopetegui I've kind of had that winning mentality going into it so far mm. or like even against Southampton like that second half you, you had that momentum and sort of that feeling hang on we could do something here yeah can I just say about the momentum, right? It is really difficult to pick up any sort of momentum if another team, and I use the word advisedly, cheat. That, you know, I mean, my lad got in touch with me, so it was so frustrating, the sort of rolling around, really seriously injured. And Radio 5 Live described it as that. The Wolves fans and players really frustrated that what looked like career-threatening injuries soon has the player up and running around. It is my pet hate. And people call it gamesmanship, you know, uh, and the other thing of taking forever to do goal kicks and all that. It's not gamesmanship, it's cheating. And I don't think Wolves do it as much as other people, honestly. I mean, I've read, I I watched, uh, what's his name, Judah, what's his name, Nathan Judah. Yes. I saw him saying, well, Wolves are guilty as well. I don't think they are. I've seen Wolves a lot, and I don't think they, I don't think they take their time like some people. I mean, there was one occasion against Watford a few seasons ago where I wrote into the bloody club, going, "Is it acceptable for your ball boys?" To... I was so incensed by this time wasting that I wrote in saying, "Is it acceptable for ball boys?" Clearly, you know, advised by the club to hold on to the ball. So. Uh, I didn't get a reply. And I also wrote to Wolves to encourage them to get in touch with (laughs) (laughs) I probably just chuck the thing straight in the bin. But, you know, I really hate that. I hate cheating. Not because I'm some kind of religious Methodist Puritan, only because I've paid my money. I don't want to spend my Saturday afternoon looking up at the skies, waiting for some bloke to get up off his feet. You know what I mean? I hate that. It ruins the sport. And I make no apology for saying that. So all I'm saying is in terms of momentum, it's hard to build up momentum. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you know, advisedly someone goes down just as Wolves look like they're hotting up, you know, it needs to be stamped on that. De- definitely after that, after their goal, they, yeah. they do, I was going to say they dug their heels in, they dug their heels in and 
tore their Achilles, it felt like. I mean, there was a point where their physio was on every, like, 30 seconds, it felt like. And it's it's just... hard to do, yeah. Their physio's heat map must be pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a, it's a red yeah. line just right, doing yeah. angles. Uh-huh. Yeah, the physio no, probably uh, could have got injured the amount of work that person was doing. But uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's hard. I really I really hate that. And I've seen other teams do that. I don't know whether I remember Bournemouth doing it uh, previously or maybe it was Southampton. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bournemouth and Eddie Howe were horrendous. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I think it was, I think it was Bournemouth before I've got form at our place for doing that. Hmm. Oh, Who's yes. the big central defender who was kind of, you know, gesticulating to the South Bank? I remember that from were they in oh, the division yeah. last year? Who was that guy? There was oh, a lot of that going on. And I just thought, I, you know, it costs a lot of money. And for me to go up from Watford, where I live, all the way up to Wolves and spend it's a it's an expensive day out hmm. to watch that kind of time wasting. It's just a waste of my Saturday. I mean, uh... The thing that annoys me really about it, what while I'm in genuinely, and this probably does make me sound very methodist, is that you you are playing in a football community, and literally it, it frustrates me when Bulls occasionally do it, but when it is Arsenal, whenever we played them last year, yeah, yeah. Now when Wolves play Arsenal, that is a fixture where someone nearly died in Raúl Jiménez, yeah, and I. I genuinely cannot understand why you'd then feign an injury slash make it seem like it's more serious when it is when yeah like so many players would have like visit visibly seen it like you know it was beyond a concussion it was genuine like if he hadn't got medical attention yeah and you know I, I, I don't understand it because you don't achieve anything. All you do is just slow the game down. What are you saying? That when they was it with the one nil when they came to our place? Um, it was last year. Yeah, it would have been last season. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I remember yeah, like I can't remember which player it was. It was whenever Martinelli got sent off, and it was like for pushing, or it was. Like, I remember how it was. I remember now. Uh, now I was managed to find my words. It was when Smader got injured last season against them, and he There's pulled one. his hamstring, and it, like it was very clear he pulled his hamstring, yeah. and you know there was lots of like you know the let him die chance and all of this. And I can't get my head around it because you say, and that's from you know more of a fan's perspective. But you had Arsenal players like you know try to push him off the pitch and stuff like that. And you know you can clearly see he's injured. It's just part of this whole yeah process, and it's frustrating. But yesterday, yeah, but Bournemouth as a club, I know, I know, Adam, you're they must rank pretty high in your most disliked teams. For someone who is a nice guy, they're like up there. You, they're up... <laughs> okay, <laughs> sometimes. I mean, I think it like it seems to be all, all the teams that do this to us. They all seem to be like playing stripy kits, don't they? We, we seem to have like a stripy kit curse. Be it them lot, the obvious ones down the road, Huddersfield, Bournemouth. Mm. Anyone who seems to play the stripy kit just seems to manage to bend us over constantly. And I mean, Bournemouth and the dark arts—they just go, they go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah, we had it. We had it. Um, when we were in the championship before, and it's carried, and that, and that was even back when Eddie Hayes was in charge, I think. Mm. And it's carrying on, it's carrying on now. Even when Hayes no longer there, but the curse remains, yeah. and the dark arts remain. Yeah. I mean, you got like, I mean, I think Billing, Abig's Billing, like Billing's like the, the, their midfield shit house, and he's going down all the time. Yeah, the, the physios, the, the step count is off the chart. The physios because they're on and off all the time, off the pitch. 
Mm. Um, I mean, I, I can't really say I'm surprised, especially like when you, Rich, given the stats earlier, Bournemouth winless in, what, seven or odd games or something. And we've got, we're going into the game high on confidence. So it's typical Wolves and then typical Bournemouth that we just like, we smack down that, that, that confidence. No, 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 no more confidence for you. Mm. Smack that down. And then that, that, that game effectively just brought us crashing down to earth. Um, I mean, I, we'll, we'll probably get into it now in a minute, but I mean, that game was, for me, that game yesterday was beige. It was so beige. The colour beige was saying it was too beige. It was just, yeah. there's just, just lots of play. Like, I just put the stats up there, like 60, well, at least two thirds of possession. And we literally had nothing to show for it. Essentially, mm. we had like a, a, a couple of shots on target. I mean, only, we've got four there. The stats show I can only remember Sarabia and um Neves shots on target. I can't remember the other two. Um, we just seem to just as we usually do kind of fall apart when we get to the final third. We don't have that 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 player to that bagsman, well, I call it the bagsman to, to finish it off, really. Mm. Um but yeah, it's just it, it, we shouldn't be surprised because it's Wolves. But in the same time, it still still doesn't make it that bit disheartening the fact that we were picking up, and then we've just given ourselves a bit of a dose of reality to say actually we don't get yourself carried away because the team's still not where where we want it to be. We're still not as good as we should be. Mm. What what why why aren't we scoring? Why why? What is that service to the? Is it? Does it just not up to someone? You know, there's something I can't bear, and maybe because I'm I don't really understand how it works, but constantly doing a Carl Henry side to side sort of thing, uh, you know, it doesn't it need someone to sort of pick it up uh, and and you know just run at defence and just take a chance for once. You know, there's only one or two who do that. If well, it's not if we, what well, why why aren't we scoring? I mean, it can't be those those forwards have just gone off the boil. I mean, we didn't really have shots on goal. So what what is it that's not working in that final third exactly? Well, one of the things for, from my perspective anyway, um, I, I do think we missed Lamina in the middle of the park because I think he then, it has that cascade. So yeah. having him meant Nevis doesn't have to sit as deep. So having Nevis in further forward is someone who has that ability to pick a pass and to have a bit more of a free roll, which, you know, you want your best players to get forward. In my mm. opinion, you want them to have um, as much freedom as possible. They're your best players for a reason. And when you take him out and you've got a midfield three of Neves, Nunes and Matinho, he's having to do a lot of the legwork, which isn't what you want from him. How, how do you kind of see it? I mean, and that, you know, you can't have that knock-on effect in terms of the forward line. It's still kind of not quite clicking, not quite gelling. When you've got a Dharma, he's very one-dimensional, and you've got two of us up front who aren't are quite dynamic, but they need somebody in the middle of them, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you said it pretty much there. I think Adama is very one-dimensional. Sort of had it out with Dan yesterday, talking about it in in WhatsApp and and stuff about talking about Adama and his qualities and well, his lack of qualities in some areas. But I think we we we're very self-harming in that regard. That we we 
when we start with the Dharma or, you know, we, we have players like this who are in the team, we kind of try and force it. So we're forcing everything goes down the right, everything goes down the right. Nothing really came down the left yesterday in the first half. Hugo Bueno might as well have not been on the pitch. The one time he got forward, he put that fantastic cross in and we, mm. had, we had a decent chance. But mm. it's a, it, we, we, we're very self-deprecating and, and, and damage ourselves. And, you know, a lot of that is down to we are very persistent in one area of the pitch because we've got a player who's got fantastic athletic ability. But there's also this sort of hangover, I think, that's still there from Bruno. And it's going to be hard to break that and shake that because, you know, back end of Nuno and, and the whole of the Lager tenure, we weren't a very good attacking side and we, we didn't score a lot of goals. We You know, we didn't create a lot of chances apart from probably the first two or three games of Bruno's tenure and and that sort of style of football has been very much ingrained in what is Wolverhampton Wanderers and to shake that and to break free of those shackles isn't going to be an overnight process mm. you know you, we, we've got to remember that that, that Lopetegui's only been here for less than 10 games now to change a whole philosophy and change a you know a whole football club from top to bottom in that time is it's, it's, it can't be done in that short period of time and we've got to say, okay, he's done fantastic. You know, the resort against Southampton, Everton, Liverpool, all these games are great. But there's going to still be blips in there, like the Man City game. That was a that was mm. a blip, and 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 yesterday obviously was a blip. But we can see that there's a process, and we can see that there is sort of this light at the end of the tunnel that we're working towards. So I mean, we just got to be patient and just kind of try and accept that we're going to have games like yesterday, and and they're just going to be, um, you know, anomalies on the way to obviously yeah. getting back to where we should be in success. Do you think yesterday was particularly frustrating, though? Because, like, yeah, we're playing in the Premier League. They're inferior, you know, 19 other pretty decent teams. And then if you're not on your A game, you will get punished. But do you think it hit home just because it was Bournemouth and they are 19th in the league? You know, I think a, a stat, um, I think Dan put in the, in the YouTube comments was... I think that's the first time Bournemouth have kept a clean sheet away from home in the Premier League since 2019. Now, appreciate they had a, a spell outside the division, but it, it it's never good losing to your, um, you know, a relegating relegation threatened team, is it? Um, we're talking about attackers, and one player I did a couple of players I want to talk about first was um, Adama, um, just because he did have a bright game but it, as I guess some might argue anyway we didn't necessarily play to his strengths in terms of having those players in the box for him to be whipping the ball into and we did kind of it felt like we kind of hit a bit of a um, one track mind in terms of get it to Adama, run down the wing with him and mm. it, 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 it came Exciting to frustrating after after a period of time um, until we brought in some centre forwards. I think then he went off, which again, I think it was the first time I felt a bit frustrated with Lopetegui's substitutions as well. Don't know if anyone else felt that. Yeah, I um, I agree. I mean, I, I'm trying to think actually of, of a player that's been as as divisive as Adama in recent times because everyone's got everyone's got a view. And normally, quite a strong view about about Adama. You know, you either think he's massively overrated, um, useless, banjoing the ball into Rosehead every time, or you think 
it's, it's the old cliche. There's a player in there somewhere, and you know, it's just a case of who can put the pieces together, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yesterday was actually one of his much better games for us for for quite a while, and again, you know, a lot of people seem to think that he, his limit is an impact sub, and that's it. And I think yesterday kind of proved that he's more than just an impact sub. Yeah, he does. He ha- he. You can start him. He can be a driving force for us. In, in games, um, yeah, and he actually put in some good crosses as well. Um, but first and second half, in my view, and he was quite active. And he had that bit of play where I think was it Neves or, or Nunes hit the ball out to him. That was look, looks like he was going straight out for a throw, and he was quite athleticism done like a eight foot high flying kick to keep it to keep it in on the pitch, and then launch an attack. So he had good moments in the game for sure, but. As we've said, as, as we've alluded to, when he's crossing, normally the options at the moment are not are not great. So I don't think Sarabia is going to be the player who's going to be winning headers or getting on the end of Adama crosses in the air. Cunha maybe, but Cunha to me is not an, an out-and-out striker. His, his record up until now in football tells you that, that he's not at the moment going to be the guy who's going to get us the goals that we need. I don't, I don't think he's even broken double figures yet in the season in his in his mm. career. And if he has, it must have been very, very early on in his career, probably when he was playing in the back garden or something. But um, <laughs> I think he had a good game, Trevor. I think he's good. I mean, what I will say, I, as a wider point, I, I, I genuinely think he will, I think he will go at the end of the season. I do think that he believes that he wants to try his luck elsewhere. I mean, he's, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's 27 now. So he, the next contract for him is going to be probably one of, or if not his last big one. Um, so he's going to be looking for someone. A bit, and I think mm. he wants, I think he wants to try a, a big, a big club, a big city, a big team. Uh, it obviously depends on which club actually wants him. That's obviously the, the key hurdle that he's got to get over, but, I don't think that he's going to be quick to re-sign for us in the summer unless he, unless he's got the feelers out and they actually know their options. So hopefully Lopetegui can you know get some, get get the best out of him up until then, and then it'll be interesting to see what he does do. But um, if he can if he can keep his performances up like like he did yesterday and, and you know keep trying to affect games, then you know hopefully we can, we can get a bit more out of him before the season ends. Well, I was going to say, um, I was curious to speak a little bit more about Adama um, because the other bit of, I guess, news breaking about him that also apparently offered him less money than he rejected two years ago in his contract, um, which I think is slight an interesting tactic and I guess how they have a new back office regime with um, Matt Hobbs, no relation, unfortunately, and some of the others... Um, view him. Alex, what are your sorts of thoughts on Dom? Because as Price said, he, he splits opinion. You know, so okay. you, you, can't, you can't give a, uh, you know, you're either going to be completely right or completely wrong. Right. Well, I, I mean, I, I've got to say that um, I really like him for the simple reason that I've been watching football for about 45 years now. And <laughs> it's kind of it's a bit stupid for me to come on a podcast like this only because I really don't understand too much in terms of tactics. 
my my son just says to me, that's page one all the time. And very often, what, what's the matter? What have you dropped? I just dropped something on the floor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, you know, what tends to happen is when I go to football, I'm literally watching the ball like this. I like the heroes, the villains. I like the kind of controversies. I like the ball screaming across the area, someone plowing in, hitting the post, bouncing off the keeper. I like all the kind of dramatic stuff. So for me, contracts aside, interesting tactical play about Adama, what he wants to do with his career, what he's going to be offered. Uh, I can even excuse the finished product going up into row Z. But I like to be thrilled, you know. And when he gets hold of the ball and the South Bank and everyone is willing him on, that's a great Saturday afternoon for me. I don't necessarily want to see it tippy-tappied into the net. I want to see someone bursting forward, you know, getting the getting the adrenaline going. So I, I can kind of excuse a lot just because it's exciting to watch. And, um, you know, you sort of do... Uh, get thrilled think you see him warming up think okay look let's throw him on see what we can do i think um uh, just because you know someone puts himself out there and he's a big guy and he's prepared to take people on you're always gonna face a lot of criticism just because tall poppy syndrome you know is that the expression you know the mm. tallest always attracts good or bad publicity so yeah it's really frustrating at times but i can sort of excuse that for the simple reason that, that he is a spectacle and he's, he's exciting to watch. And that's nothing, you know, I wouldn't last five minutes on any, you know, analysis on match of the day. It's purely how it gets me feeling on a Saturday. No, I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. But would you offer him a new contract that puts him in line with... No, I'd boot the fucker out. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I would. I definitely... It's, it's... That said, I want him out. My yeah. I love him. I love him. I, I love him. That much. I wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire. No, no, I tell you what. No, I, I do not. Yeah, I would. I would. But, I mean, didn't he go to Barcelona and then they didn't fancy him? What was that business? Yeah, pretty much, yes. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, that's it's why his price has gone down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a struggle for him. And like, like, I think like we say is, like, he, he is this, you know, excited football, a very dynamic, very, like you say, he, he's very much edge of the seat, gets you off, off your feet. Yeah. But for where we are as a football club, and especially where Barcelona are as a football club, it just doesn't, he doesn't fit it. It doesn't, he's not like flexible enough in the way that he plays. He's not quite, you know, technically like, you know, if you put him against Lionel Messi, you know, him against... Yeah. There's, there's just no comparison in terms of like football inability. Yeah. And they need to have this sort of like ability to, you know, be flexible and to, you know, you wouldn't see Adama go over to the left wing, for example. Like yesterday, what they could have done was if they put him over to the left, then they could have varied the play a little bit. But he, he doesn't have this sort of flexibility to do that. He doesn't have the the nerves to say, okay, if I go on the left, I can cut inside and do this, or I can go in on the outside and use my left foot. He hasn't got that. He's very, he's, as you said, Price earlier, one, very one dimensional. And that's, that's kind of where you know he what? suffers. And I think he needs to find his sort of like mold. So he, the club that he, he's been linked with continuously, Napoli, is quite good for him because they've traditionally had these players who are very one dimensional, Yehosa, Callahan's, um, the Georgian guy there. Now he's very one dimensional with it being planned on the left. You know, Osherman's Osh, a very, we talked about it earlier, very much like a number nine. 
you know, you want a club where he's going to play to his strengths and, and, and get the most from him. And just sadly that Wolves just ain't, ain't that at the moment. You know, he doesn't fit in with the, the Netos, the Pedences and the Sarabias of this world that we've got at the club. And mm. him being this sort of like black sheep amongst the group, it's, it's, it's difficult for him. And I do feel for him in that regard. But, you know, enough is enough. And let him leave in the summer. I think that the contract that they've offered him probably sort of shows that they're probably on the same sort of wavelength offering less money that they offered him before. Do you know what I yeah. think um, that what the smoke or some Wolves fans' fear is with Adama is that he does go and whoever he goes to next, it clicks for him mm. and it all, all the pieces, the, the jigsaw suddenly just comes together for him and mm he turns into the player which we hoped he would have been for the last, for last five years. I suppose if you, the anti-Adama brigade would point to the facts and say, okay, we've had him for five years now. Over the course of that five years, how much, how much of a run of good form, good performances have we got out of Adama? And you probably have everyone pointing to uh, second season, the Nuno in yeah. Europa League, when him and 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 him Try saying that after a few, and when Adama and Jimenez got put together like a, a good partnership, didn't they? Um, but you know, if you're being, if you're going to be quite critical or realistic about it, you would then point and say, well, what else? Put, put, tell me what else has he done? I mean, as a pure headline, you look at his goals and assists, and they're crap, aren't they? If we're honest, I mean, for a guy of his characteristics and his ability. He doesn't have the stats to back up. He's got he's got the speed, he's got the excitement, he's got the, the wow factor that gets you there, gets you off your seat. But ultimately, when it comes down to the the cold hard stats, unfortunately, he, he does come up lacking. But, that, but that's the thing that, that yeah. keeps everyone persevering with him. We're, I think there's a lot of people who are afraid to to let him go. I mean, it's not going to be our choice, is it? Come the summer, because he can go if if he wants to, he can just walk out the door come the end of the sum, end of the season. But I think a lot of people, when they've been deciding whether they're in the pro Adama camp or, or anti, you know, they're just thinking, well, you know, he's, it's, it's going to come to, they'll think it's going to come together soon. It's all going to click and he's going to be the player that we want him to be. But I mean, I, I've, for a long time, over five years here, I've been pro Adama, but even I think now that, you know, that the time has come, um, as Alex says, the booty mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Getting, getting gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who is, is this? You, Jafo, who wrote, who is a diamond meant to cross into? No, that's Dan. But yeah, no, Dan, Dan Dan's you're right. Strong, that's 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 been my question. You know, I mean, uh, are those guys making themselves available? I mean, you know, the amount of times there's a cross for for Podence, and you think, well, he's not going to. You know why? Why? You know he's not going to uh, win a, a, an aerial duel with some big guy in the middle, is he? Um, Do you think the, the best thing about all... that comment there is um, Moutinho isn't Dave Edwards? Yes. <laughs> Say that again. You cut out. So the, the, the best bit about that comment there was um, the bit saying Moutinho isn't isn't Dave Edwards. I was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> you think the club should have made more of an effort then, because. At the time, we signed him for what, 18 million, which was a healthy transfer fee, and still is now. Don't don't get me wrong, but we signed him the year we got promoted, and he was already 
a player who didn't necessarily fit the style of play we were playing and wasn't an automatic first choice. And he's managed five seasons, technically four and a half, you can exclude that bit with Barca. And we've never necessarily always wanted to play to his strengths. And I'm not saying he would do better, I don't know, at prime Burnley and Deshaun Dyche, where they are very much two wide players and big players in the, you know, tall strikers in the middle with likes of um, Ashley mm. Barnes and whatever. But if you've got a player and he's not going to fit the system, cut him loose. Get get a player yeah. who will fit the system. And it almost felt like we've kept him around because he is mm. so unique. Mm. We he, he Almost that roll of a dice, you know, that one in six chance or, well, technically it's more one in ten when you look at his actual yeah. figures. He he does something and it's and you you need that variety, but he's so varied to everybody else. So in fact I don't know, it I it'd be really fascinating to do like a proper like retrospective on his Wolves career. And I, I completely get what Price is saying in terms of, you know, he is twenty seven. Is there going to be a point it clicks? And it feels like the club over what is now three managers, three permanent managers anyway under him, have been reticent to let him go in case it does somehow all click. Um, and I don't ever quite know. I don't know what I don't know what situation that'll be right from Jafos Jafos maybe right, maybe playing abroad um in, in a league where actually they, they might be even less used to a player of his strengths in terms of how direct and aggressive he can be on the ball. Except, let's be fair, what's the main criticism? Is that when he gets in that position, he slices it wide to the post. I mean, no amount of training, no amount of system, foreign or domestic, can legislate for someone who shits himself when he gets in the box and just whacks it into the crowd. I mean, that's nothing to do with you have the greatest manager in the world. It's something to do with maybe it's to do with his his mental. I don't know. Maybe he just can't shoot. There's just some. It's that's partly the problem. But there's been times when he's shown he he has that calmness in front of goal. And the thing that frustrates me is like the main, I guess, memories or whatever, or the main kind of highlights of his Wolves career was that goal he scored against West Ham on his debut. Yes, yes. It was you know it, it, it was in the first season. Um, his goals against Man City, um, yeah. and and he got there was another one as well. I want to say against Crystal Palace, Man City as well, uh, where we won four three. Yeah, three three two. Yeah, three two. Yeah, but like they were all him bursting past the last man because yeah. he's the fastest player in the league. Yeah, and it frustrates the life out of me when you see him on the halfway line. You don't want him that. You know, keep him up from corners. And I know Gully or. People who are far more tactically minded than me say he's actually pretty good defensively from a corner because he's got a great leap. And, you know, for those at the game yesterday, you'll have seen his, um, uh, I was going to say, his acrobatic first touch to um, capture the ball off Nunes, which which was impressive. Don't don't get me wrong, but I, I don't know. It, it, it's such a tricky dynamic. But at the end of the day, we'll sense another scapegoat. And, you know, he, he's filled into that gap. And yeah, I was going to yeah. say, the question is, 
who will be the next scapegoat? Um, because we, we like to think negatively, but yeah. a player who seems to have got a little bit of criticism following yesterday's game, and I thought he started brightly and then dropped off was Sarabia. I know, Jafo, you, you were a big fan of him when he when he signed. Yeah. Um, I, I know. I mean, I'm interested to sort of hear your thoughts on how he's kind of settled into a warship because he's not necessarily the world light in the same way other people who have signed in a January transfer window have. No, I, I think he's. I think he's been pretty, pretty good. I, I know. I know people are saying. I know Dan especially has been saying like, okay, he's done one good thing. He did the ball over the top for Huang to force the on goal. Um, but in theory, I mean, you look at the way he plays and the spaces that he occupies. He he's done a lot of things that people wouldn't do. You know, he's playing off the left. He comes across. He's in front of the near post. He makes the run across the defender to have a shot on target yesterday. Okay, he went wide of the goal and there was no chance he was going to score, but he's doing something different. He offers something, and that's what I was talking about earlier when I said about Adama, he hasn't got this flexibility. He hasn't got this ability to do something a little bit different, just to change up the game, just to bring in something slightly you know, unique or, or you know, change the pace of the game. And that's what Sarabia has got. Sarabia has got a, an ability to do something different, unique, you know, something that, you wouldn't expect. Whereas Adama, he does the same thing every time. He tries and beat, beats you around the outside. And that's what I like about him. And I know people are going to be divisive on him because they expect him to to come in and do well. And and, and people are going to irk back to, you know, Trinkau and, and Geddes and, and people like that who've come in and, and supposedly good footballers um, who've not, not performed and not done good things. But you can see there are things in there. You can see. And when the club's bought somebody for £5 million who's in the prime of his career, I mean, so it's just pretty good business. And even if it doesn't work, it's it's £5 million quid In today's market, that's nothing. Mm. That's nothing. And I think people need to just, okay, just back up and think, actually, this is a low-risk, potentially very high-reward investment in a footballer. Yeah. So, yeah, let's just let us say he's new to the league as well. So just give him a little bit of time, a little bit of adjustment time, and we'll see where he is come the end of the season. But I've got high hopes. Okay, okay, that's fair. I mean, Pricey, I guess the other player who, again, came in in January was Mateus Kuna, and he's looked bright, he's looked lively, but we're still not necessarily seeing that goal threat. And as you mentioned earlier, never really offered it, but the club somewhat seemed persistent that he will be the answer in front of goal. And I think, would you say, and this is a big football cliche, I appreciate, he's got the price tag hanging over him. <laughs> um He will say, oh, I'm not bothered about the price tag. I don't even know what price tag was. Um but I think for us, he he's not a, a number nine in the old-fashioned sense. I, I think he looks like he looks and plays more like the the old support striker. I'm loath to make a comparison like this, but he's like the Andy Keogh sort of support striker. I, I, I even saying that Ed Lee, I actually think if we signed the forty million pound Andy Keogh, but <laughs> maybe maybe strike that from the minutes who'd, of, of the podcast. Who'd be, I was going to say because who'd be the Stephen Ward in that? Scenario, <laughs> what the one who um, we end up turning to a left back, yeah, uh, <laughs> same, I mean, at the same time. 
I mean, it's. I mean, he, he's obviously he looks like a, a well likable player in in the dressing room. He's he's an upgrade on what we had before. Do I think that he's going to score a lot of goals for us? Not no, as I've said before, it's not not necessarily not based on the current structure and players around him. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. He, he, that's the one thing that we seem to be really missing. Well, one of the things we seem to be missing in this team at the minute is a goal scorer. And um, he, I think some fans may think that he has been bought for that purpose. And I don't think he has been bought for that purpose, but because we spent a lot in January and obviously I think we're going to look at it again in the summer and then make our move then, hopefully when we're still in the league, then that's when we will get a named striker. Once like the Jimenez's go and Costa's go and, and everyone else of it, then we'll we'll bring in our desired players. But I don't think there's anything wrong with what Cunha's doing too much. I mean, he's, he's obviously he's a good player. I just don't think he's fitting in with the role that we necessarily need right now. I don't think he's he's certainly not like scapegoat territory or anything like that. But I think some people may have had um, different aspirations for him. Like he he should be the, the guy who's fin- you know get, getting the goals for us. But and and as the, Dan put in the comments earlier, that there, there is an element of poor service with that as well. Because it's not it's not like Cunha's getting multiple chances per game. That is, that is true. You can't really deny that he isn't getting great service. But he also doesn't strike me as a sort of footballer who will be deadly and finish off half a chance that comes his way. I like to be proven wrong. I mean, he's only had like six league games and a few cup games, so you know maybe he, he's also one of these that's still bedding in. But um, at, at the moment, I, I don't really see him being a, a massive goal scorer in this team until that changes in the summer. No, I think there, there's still changes to come with, with this unit, and at, at least we can see a bit of a pathway forward, I guess, to a certain degree in terms of the signings that they're making and what they're looking to do. Even if, I mean, for me, it's, it's still very much about survival, isn't it? The next mm. um, four months or how, three months left of the season. Um, because that result does slightly still drag us into it. There's still plenty of football left to go. Don't get me wrong. But... Isn't it true we've got some really tough matches coming up at the end of the season? So it's we, better to get yeah. it sorted now. Yes, we, we really we, will we, be at the business. I believe end. in our last three games, we've we played Man United and Arsenal top of my head. Yeah, uh, so... two of the last three. I mean, it, even in terms of the fixtures coming up, Alex, um, mm. you know, we, we, we play Fulham Friday night, but then it's followed by Liverpool, Spurs, Newcastle, mm. and Leeds. So all of a sudden, you know, you if you go off, you go on paper, I mean. Fulham got a smash and grab win at the weekend. That's not going to be an easy game. They've, they've had a cracking season. Liverpool, they are up and down at the moment at best. Mm. But, you know, same as Spurs. But still, you know, you, Wolves will need to be on their A game. Newcastle, mm. again, fourth in the league at the moment. And, you know, we've sort of, in my opinion, we've very much got to hope that yesterday was a blip in terms of yeah. what yeah. we're doing. Because... I don't know when when you look at the league table now we're we're fifteenth in I guess on paper you go yeah it's, you know what if Wolves finish fifteenth this season 
I don't think many fans would complain considering the start. Mm. But it's still so congested that, you know, between us in 15th and West Ham in 18th, you know, it's only a three-point difference. And the the, the goal difference varies between the teams depending on, you know, who got pumped by Liverpool, basically. But that win, you know, do I think we necessarily deserve to win against Bournemouth? No. But Mm. that's just, that's dragged them right into, you know, out of the relegation zone as well. And it's it's worrying, especially when you sort of see a couple of teams who have put a couple of results together, like like Everton. You know, literally two back-to-back wins, was it, for Everton, technically? Um, mm. You know, it, it it's, it's still, a, you know, there's still a lot of football. There's a lot of football left to play. I mean, Jafo, how, how are you kind of feeling looking at the league table with, you know, 15 games to go? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it from a highly positive perspective, you know. Um, when we come back from the World Cup, we were rock bottom. You know, we, we were yeah. in the same position as Southampton is. Now, we, we're five points out of Southampton. Yeah. I think we, we just need to look at it from like that sort of perspective and say, OK, yeah, we've done a great result. We've got some great wins. But we've got wins from games. We've got performances from games that we didn't expect it. So, I know Liverpool are having a bad season, but the, the manner in which we beat Liverpool and we got those three points was not expected. Mm. So, I mean, we're going to go into these games. There's going to be, I, I don't like the term free hit, but there's going to be sort of no fear, especially around Newcastle and Spurs, as Dan's put the comments, because Spurs are the, the most hit and miss team in the league. They are, they are either red hot or they are freezing cold. There is nothing in between with them. And Newcastle, they, they struggle from the same issue that the likes of us in West Ham are struggling with. They can't find a goal scorer at the moment. Just mm. they can defend really well. So if they get one goal, they're invariably going to win one nil because just the way that they're playing and the performances that they're putting in. So I don't think there's there's too much to be worried about in terms of where we are and, and you know moving forward. We're going to pick up wins. You know we've shown that, and we're going to move forward. And I think we're in a very good position to stay in the league. Uh, you know I, I think. Compared to where we were pre Lopetegui, and now we're in a much healthier position. We're in a much better football position going forward. So nothing's really changed. The status quo is still the same. I, I still think we've got enough to stay up. We just need to keep battling now and and not get sucked into a losing rut yeah. as well as what Dan said as well. He says the same thing. We don't want to get sucked into losing games. But I think that the guys who were there, the management team who were there, Lopetegui, and, and, and so and so on. I think that they won't allow this to happen. There's going to be standards, uh, certainly around about you know how we play in games, and, and and fitness has been the main one, and that's been the main focus since Yulin's coming. Is getting the fitness levels up and being able to last 90 minutes, and we've seen that now. We said it a couple of episodes ago that this system, when he came in, he was bringing in a third centre back for the last like 20 minutes of a game. That's gone now. The players are fit enough to do 90 minutes, so. That mentality should be there, mm. and it's a building process. So, I'm, I'm confident, and I think Lobotegi, perfect man to to pull us out of this. I love that. Brilliant <laughs> yep. positivity. Really good. It's a shame because I can't top it. That's it. <laughs> I hate it when people say it up nice. It's it's it's. Uh, I guess it's the old um, journalism thing about not killing the headline. And yeah, you're right. We're we're in a much better position than I think a lot of other teams down there. 
And I don't know. I mean, Alex, for you, uh, where are you sort of on the, the very much in the Defoe camp of it's going to be fine. We've got all the tools in place at the moment um, without kind of worrying too much about the dreaded R word. Mm. The R word being Adama. Oh, relegation. Ra- relegation. <laughs> yeah. I'm not worried about us going down, to be honest. I mean, I'm the same as 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 Defoe. I think that um, we've got enough in the locker to, to stay up, and then we'll um, it'll it'll all change in the summer. But I'm, I'm confident. I know we're not scoring many goals, and that's one of our downfalls. But I think we'll. We've got enough to see us through. We've got enough quality throughout the squad. And then, yeah, it'll be all change in the summer. It should be quite exciting. Yeah. Alex, how about you? You go. I think think it was a blip. I think we were doing really, really well. I think it was overconfidence. We've beaten some good teams. And we thought it was going to, I don't know, just mentally, I think it was bound to happen, wasn't it? After beating Liverpool. Etc. Um, and I think it's a blip, and I think we'll stay up. I, I, I'm still, I, I'm very much the same. I'm, I'm, I'm still more of an optimistic, as um, Matt Bradley says, as it said in the comments. Um, there's still three worse teams than us, um, and unfortunately, I think for the most part, um, we did our predictions at the start of the season. I still think three I had picked. I think, right? No, I had Brentford in mind. I tell a lie. Um, but I, I had Southampton and Everton in mind, so there's, mm. still, there's still a chance, and I still think there's still a couple of poor teams in there. You know, even Southampton after that win yesterday um, against mm. Chelsea, are still they, they looked really bad against us, and yeah. you, know, you kind of got to hope it carries on in a way. Mm. Um, quickly looking ahead to you know the, the next bout of games. Um, I mean, you're right, Jeffo. There are a, game, a couple of games where we've got a bit of no fear in there, but you know, I, again, I'm, I'm still kind of fairly, still fairly confident with it all at the moment. Um, before we wrap up, um, because we have hit the hour mark, and um, just while I've asked um, Alex uh, a couple of questions, mate, mm. how many times in a, in a week does somebody come up to you and say, "I'm thinking of a number"? That normally people come up to me and say, use the N word, the uh, the nonce word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, to very skip the pretext. <laughs> Which is um, a hell of a catchphrase to have attached. <laughs> it's the most appalling catchphrase. And I mean, I did this gig last night at the Winter Gardens in in uh, Blackpool. Massive crowd. It was like a, a magic convention. And at the end of it, I sort of came off. And the amount of people who want me to look into their iPhones and call their mate a nonce. And I always think, God, I really hope this is meant as a joke because I don't want to be responsible for, (laughs) you know, I mean, it is the ultimate insult. It doesn't get any worse than that. So, um, Alex, can you you, you say it to to our mate Stu, please? (laughs) Stu? Hang on, wait, wait two seconds. Yeah, go for it. Stu, spirit coming through very, very strongly. He said, I'm getting the word nonce. Don't shoot the message. I'm only telling you 
what the Wolves fan cast told me. I don't want anything to do with that. Bloody taking up with them. <laughs> See, you have clip. to pay. I was going to say, that'll be 500 pounds. I was going to say, I feel like I'm going to have to, uh, can you pre-backdate a cameo? <laughs> yeah, come on. I, I don't care. Just send it. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a funny uh, thing that I do have to do for people. And I, I often wonder whether it's always meant in jest or it's some poor unsuspecting sod who gets that on their phone. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, ho- hopefully there's some level of endearment because Phoenix Knight does have such a... Yeah, it does. It really know. does. It's amazing. I was only in it for two minutes. It's uh, quite extraordinary. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, it, I guess it's amazing sort of looking back on that show and I, I guess what a kind of phenomenon that's become beyond just phoenix knights in, in the series because obviously it's had the spin-offs and everything like that and it's it is so well known i guess and so with like the likes of max and paddy it's like it, it seemed to really kind of still capture a lot of people's i guess imaginations phoenix knights does yeah, yeah. because i mean partly though you can't actually see it i don't think it's i mean it's never on 4od uh and i just think it's sort of regard you know that sort of old britain that's disappeared and you know the britain of working men's clubs and all that someone once described to me as the opposite of cool britannia it's kind of just old style britain and everyone has an affection for that i mean i I occasionally do gigs where there's people who don't have any point of reference for that and quite a few sort of young people don't really get what i'm doing i mean they get it. It's a kind of terrible clairvoyant medium psychic, but they don't get that affection for that sort of performer and in their context of working men's clubs and, you know, cabaret, because they just ain't that about, you know, out there. No, it's, it's definitely not sort of viewed in the same fashion, like, you know, a, a, a pub near me. Yeah. They all have, and it's it's kind of almost the same as like when you have like tribute bands and stuff like that, and you'd still yeah. kind of still get clairvoyant. Um, you know, we'll be here next Thursday, and yeah. I think like you know, say that there was a there was a time, there was a place where that would give people excitement rather than I guess the reaction would be particular. You know, from someone like me and I would go, yeah, I'm not going to go there on Thursday. No, but there are people who very much yeah. believe in it yeah. and come to see me and. I'm always really keen that when I'm advertised that, I mean, I don't really like to keep mentioning Phoenix Knights because it's Peter Kay's thing and, you know, Neil and Dave Spikey's thing. And I feel like I'm jumping on. It's there. They've just kindly let me carry on doing the character. But um, I do like to make sure everyone knows it's comedy because people, I mean, this magic thing last night, people came and stat, sat stony face in the front. I thought, bloody hell, they're hating this. And there were some foreign uh, delegates to the Magic Conference. I don't know which land they came from, uh, Gallifrey or something. But um, they came from somewhere, and they didn't have a clue what was going on because they thought I was a real clairvoyant medium. So I came on going, yeah, right, but it's very, very strong. You know, I'm picking up a lot of celestial vibrations from you, my love, either turn them off or take the batteries out and that sort of thing. And they're going, this is appalling. What is this man doing? You know, so it's quite difficult to, 
explain to people. Well, you can't explain to people. They have to find out in a very short period of time they're in the wrong place. Yeah, because it goes beyond just, I guess, parody, doesn't it? Because it's so related to a character. It's not just... I was going to say, yes, it's a joke. Yeah. But you kind of need to know the background of the joke to understand, I guess, I why it's... I think you have to or... sort of... Yeah, I mean, it's obvious that there's many, many... It's obvious, you know, someone doing something badly is always going to be funny, isn't it? Tommy Cooper or Eddie the, the goes Eagle, Ed- Eddie the Eagle <laughs> Edwards. Yeah. Frank Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> Adama Traore. No, yeah. uh, but, you know, there's something funny about a try. And that is something we like in Britain, don't we? A plucky loser. We like that. We like to see the cogs working. In America, it's oh, yeah. all about foot surface gone. I mean, I'm. I, I should be massively fanboy at this moment, Alex, because, I mean, like, I, for the last 20-odd years since, like, Clinton Baptiste was on Phoenix yeah. Nights, I mean, it's been GIF and meme aplenty. We're using it in our WhatsApp chat groups with, with Clinton yeah. Baptiste, you, like you wouldn't believe. And, and yeah. then even more so, for, even more there later with your your solo stuff as well, that the Clint tour with where the L slowly meets the I on oh, stage yeah. on the backdrop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, those those it was just, uh, just, just brilliant we, stuff. And yeah, well, we did a tour. Yeah, just for anyone who doesn't know, we did a tour, and, and I had these big sort of Elvis-style red glittery letters behind. And uh, you know, as Adam says, if you uh, push the L and the I together accidentally on purpose during the show, it spells something else out. <laughs> and then later on, we had the double whammy of the N falls over, and it spells clits. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> It's not very sophisticated. <laughs> so it's the, that, that's the joke that keeps giving, you know. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, you, were, you, know. you, you mentioned, obviously, as well, you've got like your, uh, something coming up in May as well, haven't you? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you for teeing me up. The Cleveland Arms. Uh, Graham Turner was there the other day, mm. and they often have Wolves Legends there. Uh, please come along. I think it's the 11th of May. I'm virtually certain... And it's in aid of the Good Shepherd. You know, Good Shepherd, who, who um, you know, help the homeless in Wolves. Yep. It's run by my friend John Price, who uh, also runs Dingles A. Wee. He's the administrator on, on Facebook. Uh, he's one of the faces in Wolves. And, you know, what's lovely is, you know, coming from down here in Watford, I've made friends, you know, over the years with some uh, people in Wolvo, uh, you know, John and uh, Glenn Gandy and all these guys I see around Wolves. And anyway, they're, do- they're doing this show. And I did it once before uh, at the Cleveland Arms. And it's a great venue. It's kind of great for stand-up. It's a, it's a massive shrine to drinking. Uh, and it's, it was rammed. And we had like three or four comedians on. And um, that's happening again on the 11th of May. So please, because it's a, such a worthy cause, and uh, I really loved it, and I'm sure it's going to be good. No, that's the 11th of May. I say, I usually I go and go down into the description of the box and get your links. But I was going to say, I reckon most of our listeners should know, should know where it is. If not, we'll we'll make sure they do. Yeah, it's a massive boozer right by some traffic lights. Yeah. That's all I yeah. know. Yeah, pretty much. It, it, is it in yeah. Willenhall or is that my it imagination? Is, it is. I think it's technically it is, in Willenhall, would yeah. you say, Pricey? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's on the Willow Knoll Road, I'd call it. Yeah. Or by Mitchell's Lane on Willow Knoll. I mean, you can't you can't see, they're just where am I pointing for those YouTube people? They've got two photos here. One's Mick McCarthy and Terry Connor. And the other one is um, Danny Barth, uh, Ryan Bennett, Barry Douglas, and John Ruddy. They're, they're all from the Cleveland Diamonds when they've done oh, yeah. um, meet and greets there. And they're always great nights. It's always like yeah. nothing they can repeat publicly, but for a, for one night only in the Cleveland Arms, when everyone's had a few, yeah. I'll tell you some stories. Yeah, really good. I really liked it. And when I was there last, they gave me a framed... Uh, oh, God, what's his bloody name? Who's that young Portuguese who played for us? Uh, you. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's a few of them. Um, Jota? No, not him. I know him. I wish he was still with us. Who's the guy, curly hair, who's failed? <laughs> to, oh, Fabio. To the world of, huh? Fabio. 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 Yeah, so I got a really lovely uh, you know, third strip signed by him in a frame. It's fantastic. But quite apart from that, I did it for free out of the goodness of my heart. <laughs> but they did give me that as well, which, was, yeah. which helped. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, we're going to wrap it up there for um, the show, ladies and gents, because otherwise we could probably talk for another two hours. Yes. Um, but... We'll just have to get you back on. Talk about. Talk about oh, I, I feel like I'm a disaster. I don't really know what I'm talking about. Anyone could tell that. It, but it's fine. <laughs> Somehow people still Neither tune in every week for us. I'm it's just a massive fan. I love coming. I absolutely love it. I love everything about it. And I was a big QPR fan when I was young. And it's so different. I mean, I still love Rangers, but you know, you come to, to Wolves, it's an absolutely it's a big experience, isn't it? It's like a proper big experience. It's loud. They must be the loudest fans in the league. And I just love the colour and the excitement and the the ground. And I love, this sounds like a load of wank, but I love the people in the West Midlands. I love the people in the West Midlands. No, but I do. You know, it's very, very friendly and lovely in the people I've met, I have to say. So, so, so apologies for any lack of football knowledge, but you I know, just, what, I one, like of our, one of our regular contributors has come up with the amazing comment it's not called the expert cast. No, that's not what we're here for. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. as I say, you mentioned, um, I say, I like how I'm doing my wrapping up stuff. I'm going now, I'm just going to bring it back in now, um, because I get to press the end broadcast button. Yes, you mentioned, um, QPR fan as well. Yeah, what kind of I guess, kindled your love of Wolves then? Wolves. Basically, I stuck a picture of Sylvan E. Branks Blake, Blake, Blake scoring <laughs> against Rangers. And it was, I think it was that guy we used to have, QPR had, I say we, they used to, uh, Gorks. And he's yes. got a bandage around his head, bleeding. And uh, E. Banks Blake is just about to score. And it was the most fantastic picture. And the colours of the blue and white hoops and the old gold, it just was a great shot. And I stuck it on the fridge. And my son, who was seven, Aidan, uh, went for the bloody wrong ones because he's a little awkward little bastard. And now I'm seeing the older at Molyneux, you know. And so he often says to me now, well, it's too late now. And, he's, and his mum did that thing. Going, oh, wasn't it lovely he's got his own thing? I was like, no, you don't understand. That's it now. But we've been seeing ticket holders for 10 years or whatever it is. And... Uh, absolutely love it. We wouldn't change it for the world, you know, although well, it takes a long time to get there and back. 
Oh, no, I know the feeling. I was going to say, you and Adrian are definitely more than welcome to come back on. Okay, anytime. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was going to say, I will wrap it up. Um, okay. Now, guys, because um, it's like, a school day tomorrow. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah. big thank you to everyone who's joined us on YouTube and listened back as a podcast. We'll be back. Um, at some point this week to preview the Fulham game, but make sure you keep up to all things Fancast at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for all your Wolves lols and trolls. And as always, big thanks to 90 Min um, Football Network as well. Until next time, big thank you um, to Alex. Thank you. Thanks to Defoe. Peace out, Wolves fans. Thanks to Pricey. Keep smiling, guys. Catch you later. And big thanks from me. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.